Welcome to the Natural Habitat Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by YouTube.com. I know this sounds like a racist Japanese accent, but it's not. I'm doing one of those uh, one of those guys from Star Wars. <laughs> Go to YouTube.com and find daily uploads from us at the Natural Habitat Podcast. I know, I'm Annie's boss. That's what I am. I'm Annie's boss. I own the junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> it's not racist, okay? <laughs> you sound like you went from uh, some type of Asian to fucking Courage the Cowardly Dog. What it is or, is I fixed it, is what no, I did. No, no, no. It's the hand puppet. What's the name? Oh, yeah. Uh, what is Triumph. his name? Triumph. Yep. I turned into Triumph. Who also is the voice of Annie's Eminem. boss. Eminem. What? No. Yeah, Eminem. That's Triumph, right? Are they the same thing? Is is Eminem's hand in Triumph? Ass? I never knew that. But hey, learn something new every day. Didn't you hear all those albums? I did. I heard them all once. They weren't very good. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So go to YouTube. Subscribe. Like. Comment. Share. Any oh, of our videos. Yeah, we're, still, we're back on it now. <laughs> <laughs> I brought it back. Full circle. All right. Cool. I didn't connect it, but it's a full circle. It's an unconnected circle. All right. So, Natural Habitat Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe. Make it happen. We'll wait. We're playing bumper cars. Okay. Do you guys subscribe? Yeah. Good. I did. You didn't? Go subscribe real quick. I'll wait. Here, look. I'm going to wait for one more second. Okay, I didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to add some... Uh, I'm going to have to do like some ghost hunting where I like kind of boost that up and figure out what you really said because I want to wanna say there was a little quiet, little quiet end on there. No, 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 no. All right. We'll see you later at the, when the end results of this podcast goes up. So today, we're doing a commentary on, what is this called? I forget the name of it. Secret. It's a secret. It's called The Secret. And I'm excited. You ready to get into it? Yep. Let's do it. Remember the force? Oh, I remember the force. I do. And I definitely recognize the force of that theme song. The greatest theme song you've ever heard in your fucking life. Guaranteed. Yeah, probably. Because it's the greatest one I've ever heard. And you and me, are all, we're the same. We're all people. Yeah. So greatest is greatest. All the way around. All time greatest. You ever heard of, the, you ever heard of a goat? <laughs> nah, nope. It's like, a, it's like the greatest. Greatest of all time? You fucking know it. You try to act like you don't know it. Welcome to the Natural Habitat Podcast. My name is Goat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a goat. Uh-huh. Right. What's your name? My name is Mikey Booyah. All right. Uh, we are here to do a commentary on a very special surprise film. All right. This is a film a lot of people might not have. All right. It's not available on Netflix. All right. It's not on Hulu. All right. It's not on uh, Amazon Prime. All right. And it's also not on Scamazon Grime. All right. And it's not on Blamazon Time. All right. And it's also... <laughs> no, I'm done. I, there's, they're making less and less sense every time. <laughs> <laughs> this is the making of A Force Awakens. The Force Awakens is what it's called. All right. And this is called A Cinematic Journey, Secrets of The Force Awakens. Now... Uh -huh. Yeah. You, you just need to back up a little bit off the microphone. It's fine. I'm sorry. 
Now, you were the one that initially got this when you got the Blu-ray version of The Force Awakens, correct? It's just as awesome as the movie. And it's a bonus disc that comes with it. I got your bonus disc right here, buddy. I told you to stop pulling that out <laughs> in the middle of recordings, okay? <laughs> this is what happens. We get rid of Jerry, and you just start getting your bonus disc all over the table. And shit. <laughs> you're going to scratch it. You're going to yeah. scratch it. Then you're going to be sorry. Okay. So we have uh, this. <laughs> are, are we going to use your bonus disc, or do you want me to just pull one off the internet? Yeah, pull it. Because there's all kinds of bonus <laughs> dicks on the internet. <laughs> did I say dicks that time? I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should probably just go ahead and start this movie. Stop rambling about bonus discs. <laughs> I said it right that time. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh wait. All right. What was that? All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, uh, I found this film. Would you want to just say that we bought it off YouTube? Sure. Is, is it available on YouTube? I don't think so. Okay, we bought it on YouTube, and we rented it, you know what I mean? And uh, we're going to watch it. If you would like to watch along with us and figure out how to get it. Oh, you put in the bonus disc. That's right, you just put in the bonus disc. That's all it is. And there's plenty of bonus discs on the internet if you want to find one. All right, Genesso. So it goes three, two, one, play, just like Lethal Weapon. All right, ready? Three, two, one, play. Hi, I'm Felicity Jones, and I play Jin Erso in the new film Rogue One on One and A Star Wars <gasps> Story. The movie releases this, but you can see a very special sneak preview coming up shortly during this broadcast. Okay. It literally doesn't say any of that on the disc. <laughs> is that not part of it? No. This is like the ABC uh, version of it. Apparently, it, it, it ran on ABC. Giving away trade secrets again. Uh-oh. I meant... Uh, A, B, C. It's easy as one, two, th Oh, that's copywritten. We're going to get flagged for that. <laughs> Damn it. I, I can't sing too much more. Okay, let's try this again. I'm going to just cut that first part out. Hi, I'm Felicity Jones, and I play Jim <laughs> Asso in the new film Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. The movie releases this December, but you can see a very special sneak preview coming up shortly during this broadcast. You won't want to miss it. This is the music. Uh-huh. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here we go now. Am I allowed to talk about the process? <laughs> during this broadcast. Shit. <laughs> you won't want to miss it. What the fuck, bro? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Are you hitting the wrong buttons over yeah. here? Yeah, I tried to turn it down and I, I was still on this. Okay. Three, two. <laughs> <laughs> Three. Dude, start it when the fucking thing starts. When the thing not starts? On the, not on the Jen or so thing, because that's not on it. They're not going to be able to get that. Play. Okay, here we go now. So play. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Three. Two, one, play. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here we go now. Am I allowed to talk about what the process? What are they process? saying? Sure, they're that. I said it Shut out loud. I can't talk about that. I've locked it all away, like in a vault. Wow, this is going to be a great behind the scenes if they can't talk about anything. <laughs> it comes out, so. I know. Good. Fantastic. Thank you. We can talk about it, by the way. Seriously? And then when I do all the interviews, don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was just astonished. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you. I mean, it was the last thing in the world I expected. Part of me thought, oh my God, no, it's just a terrible idea. I had a beginning, a middle, and an end, and I can't really see anything that I could add to it. I was surprised. I mean, you know, you think, really? We waited this long? I looked better the, like the 10 princess. years ago. We could have Look at how boss she is. At the end of the first three films that we made, I had no thought whatsoever about revisiting the character or whether there was any ambition to bring the three characters back again. Never gave it a moment's thought. If I had been asked at the time, I probably wouldn't have imagined the potential for it. The idea of the Star Wars saga continuing felt like 
a very unlikely prospect. I think JJ's hesitation was everybody's Damn, hesitation initially. Which I know, is wow. so I Everything they to, did, I, right. I don't think it's something I, I can't do. It's a set building. All the shit they did, the extras, the and they and they used a lot of like shit from the original trilogies and stuff. Yeah, that's the dopest part. From me along the way when Look I at it, they, that's hers. They used a lot of the sets. They used a lot of the. I didn't know that was her inside of that. Yeah, I always wondered who it was. Being scared of showing up on set and having no ideas. I just remember thinking, "Oh my god, we are about to shoot this thing, and I'm not ready." You don't realize you start working a Star Wars movie. Look at that. He's fucking sitting at the fucking table on the Millennium Falcon going over his fucking script or whatever. That's so sick. I'm not in the film business anymore. And I don't have to run a corporation. And it occurred to me one day that the perfect person to take over the company was Kathy. When the Walt Disney Company bought Lucasfilm, they very much wanted to have a movie by 2015. So the most important thing was to start to pull together the incredible talent for the film and starting with someone like J.J. Abrams. First of all, great news. Damn, that's so cool. And like every fucking Muppet character right there. Yeah. Kathy Kennedy called and asked if I'd be interested in directing this film. I fully had to say no because I'd been involved in other movies that were sequels and I just thought I didn't want to do that again. But it was Star Wars and I knew Kathy. <laughs> when we were discussing it, there was this one moment that I instantly had the chills. Considering See that fake Ray face? A young woman, what her story is. That was creepy. No idea, <laughs> but saying, where does Luke Skywalker? It was so titillating the notion Damn, that's crazy. That I know. Would be that was so sick. By some new Dude, I need to find that drawing and make it the fucking just felt to me like the picture for this episode. Starting point for a story. Feels very familiar to come back here. This is uh, my fourth experience with Luke's film, and they've all been very satisfying. Larry Kasdan. <laughs> yeah, I bet. He was one of the first people that I picked up the phone and said, Larry, we need you to come back in and be a part of this. And he didn't miss beat. I've collaborated with a lot of people, and this was as much fun as I've ever had. God damn! It to be right? Airless and tiring. There is no movie sets like Star Wars ever. No, 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 anything. No props. No movie sets. No fucking. Star Wars is the is the life epic. Yeah, look at that. They're sitting in a hangar, wandering around, recording like in an imperial hangar where they fucking park all the Tie Fighters and shit. They're just chilling in a life size one, just chilling on the steps with their laptops, like. And when he came walking out of the Millennium Falcon, all the time we're like figuring out like what's the story gonna be, what's Star Wars gonna be. I just saw that, you know, in Rogue One, where they're coming into the planet. Through, there was through the hole in the sky and shit. When I was a kid, when I saw Star Wars for the first time, yeah, that it was they stole that from Spaceballs. There were things really? like so. How cool is that? that? There was a physical, tangible, real the thing. parody they were able to take from the parody of themselves to, to fucking make some shit. How cool is that? Really That's fresh. It's like, it's like art imitates John. life, so imitates art again. A period science fiction film. I love characters like this. You know, I believe them, and they sort of blend in. JJ sort of threw a creative challenge to us. The first priority is let's shoot it practically. But we kind of had to earn our stars, so you had to get that character to a point that he was worthy of going on the screen. We would show something to JJ and we would impress him enough for him to say, I can use that. Keep coming, keep coming. And so the interaction of those physical things actually could create something that's not artificial scene Dang. doesn't seem arbitrary that's like and a then, mech of course so that will be fucking muppet suit effects you build what you can and then if you want to see more we have this wonderful magicians of ilm that will come in and say well of course we can see more and rick spent a lot of time with industrial light and magic we had these images that you could refer to and some of them became kind of iconic and they would then go off and then react to that it was Man, great to hear that, that artwork is so insane. On set as possible, too, because yeah. you know, really it's hard to Yeah, beat. that's one of the coolest things ever. Try and augment our CG with live action elements. It gives a, a greater sense of reality, of course. 
Dang, that looks like E.T. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about Star Wars is it's a story that allows you to participate. Certainly for all the young kids when the movie came out, they either wanted to be Luke Skywalker or Han Solo. And that was a part of our challenge was how are we going to bring new characters into this series that had that same kind of power? And I think we have. I mean, I think one of the great things is we have a female lead. What we were looking for was someone new. And, and this character needed to be long and tough, sweet and terrified. And to find someone that no one knew who could do all these things took a lot of looking. You always feel like you're going to run out of time. You're like, oh, you know. <laughs> but, but our casting directors, Nina Gold, Webster, and Alyssa Weisberg, just did an incredible amount of work. And we were very lucky to find some great people, but the truth is it wasn't until we found Daisy that we just felt like she was capable of doing all of these things this character required. When we brought her in, I asked her to do this one scene, sort of this torture scene, very sort of intense, and she just blew my mind. She's reaching this depth and tears are streaming down her face. I thought, this is unbelievable. And I asked her to stop, gave her a couple adjustments, do it again, and she just, she did it again, and I thought, oh my God. I guarantee he would have disappointed you. Get out of my head. Crazy. Hardcore. Yep. John Boyega was one of the biggest Star Wars fans among the cast, and he auditioned, I think, nine times. They're like, okay, act for your life. Why are you doing this? Because it's the right thing to do. You need a pilot. I need a pilot. Nine times? That's so fucked up. The right? Was Here, bro, we're going to have to try a couple more times because we're not quite sure. Yeah. If I well, they made the right choice. They, they knew Ray was right from day one. That's fucked up. Sorry, John. You're going to have to work a lot more. Yeah. He asked me whether he I scolded was too. ready. He and he was like, very first how much scene, right? And just like this is. pops up, stuck in the desert. He said Greatest to me, are you thing. sure you want this? You're immediately and sucked in like, right there. You're just like, holy you shit, and I here think we go. I'm okay with yeah. that because I think you're pretty cool and pretty good at what you do. And just like all the stuff before he removed his mask was dope. When he was freaking out, like the conscience of a stormtrooper was crazy. Conscience. There we go. Uh, okay. I'm gonna edit that out. Some, somehow. Don't react. Don't react. Breathe. Breathe. JJ said you can tell your parents. So I got in and my sister and my mom were there and I was like, I got stars. And then it was like, oh my god. So yeah, but I couldn't sleep that night at all. It was really. Oh my god, I couldn't even imagine being those guys. Listen to this. They they knew that they were gonna be in Star Wars. Yeah. They they knew that like. Like the depth of, of the characters and like the trilogies and like everything about it, but they did not know that they were about to be the number one movie of all time. Who fucking seen that coming? We did. We did. Because we believed in it, we knew all the way. Because, you know, like, we just knew that Disney was that one, the one place where it could land, that it would, it would be done right. We speculated on it for how long before it came out, and then it all came true. Oh, shit. Circumstance. Imagine these kids. Imagine the pressure on them now in real life, and they're just like, "Yeah, I've seen the biggest movie ever. Yeah. No big, no big whoop. Like anything I do after this is like a fucking the biggest movie anymore. ever. I don't even wear that belt to put Natchez in it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like I just fucking do me." <laughs> At the last minute, I was asked to read the actual. Yeah, it was dope. Usually, the director does that. I can't believe that he said he wanted to be able to observe. And would I do that? The Falcon and the surviving X-Wings roar past camera toward a planet. That Shut up, joke. When we all sat in a circle and we saw all these faces, you couldn't believe what you were seeing. The young people and the veterans. This is a moment that will never be forgotten. Hold on Luke Skywalker's incredible face, amazed and conflicted at what he sees. Man, what a crazy fucking moment. The promise of an adventure just beginning. The end. Mm. On the one hand, you had this that was crazy. J.J. Abrams had Mark Hamill read all the stage directions and all that shit. This was the first time that they've ever all even met. Yeah. And like, first time new cast met the old cast, first time ever, they've all been in the same room, they all get together and they read this and Mark Hamill reads it and it's just like, yeah. holy fucking shit, Jay, now it's a reality. Yeah. Now, it, now it's a real thing and you're like, okay, this is happening J.J. Abrams was like, let's see, this is the most memorable moment of anybody's life. <laughs> How can we kick it up a notch?
And what a guy for having that type of vision and, and like knowing like what needs to happen when it needs to happen and knowing like I I was so when I found out JJ Abrams was gonna be directing us, my heart just like felt so good. I was just like I had so much faith in him. You know what I mean? Like I was just like I was like if anybody could do it the best, it's gonna be him. He's gonna do it the best for us because I saw Star Trek and what he did with those and that was good. I saw the other ones that he did, but those weren't Star Wars. Yeah, and I knew that he would get it. You know, I knew that he would really get what needed to be done, and he did it. Yeah, everything that J.J. Abrams does is fucking gold. And especially lately, all the stuff that he's been putting out is, like, off the hook. And all the stuff that his name's on, like uh, like Westworld. And wasn't, uh, wasn't Stranger Things, J.J. Abrams? What was the first scene when I was crying? Yeah, I think so. My arm was aching. I know I was just relaxing, and you were just working so hard. And you were just there this. My arm was aching, and I kept not being able to get it right. Oh, oh yeah? my god. Actually, <laughs> Daisy. Oh my god, you could literally feel the sand burning through your shoes, which was crazy. All right, so, uh. It definitely wasn't my first thing that I saw from him, but probably like the first big thing where I knew J.J. Abrams' name and where he like broke into my life was Lost. Did you ever watch Lost? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was all J.J. Abrams' creation. And it was fucking one of the craziest shows ever. And it picked up like nuts. Everybody watched it. And it's like... You got to give a lot of props to... What? I didn't know that Simon Pegg was fucking... See? That's why this is so crucial. <laughs> I've worked with JJ many times. Dude. Heard that he was doing Quarter so portion. Yeah. I was yep. immediately on the phone like, what? What? Are you, what? what? I kind of thought that being in it as me, as my face, I think people go, oh, it's him from Star Trek. It might spoil it. So I was kind of torn because I was desperate to obviously at least be part of it in some way. And then we discussed the idea of me playing a character who was in full prosthetic, which meant I could have my space cake and eat it. Nice. <laughs> How cool is that, too, to be able to say, dang, that was me, you know? like Yeah. Watching yourself in a movie like that, playing yeah, something like that, that that's way different, right? Cardio than anything else. Yeah, that's that, sick. That captures your imagination more. Even though you were there doing it and you lived through it. We would run super fast, we'd run with the camera, a 20 second take. We'd breathe for a bit and JJ would be like, let's go again. That scene was so good. She's like, stop holding my hand. And then when he fucking, when they like knock him out, and then she goes and wakes him up, and he like wakes up, and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, uh, yeah, bro. You're the one that was just fucking knocked out. <laughs> Worry about yourself. Runs was just a mix of the two, and that's just like a killer on the legs. Like it was almost a relief when there was explosions, because you knew like there was only so many times that you could do the running. Yeah, dude, you gotta you gotta give props to Disney because it's like they fucking did it right. They put all this time and all this money into it. They got original people from the original production team. Got all of this old school shit, and you know they could have tackled this multiple different ways. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I, they could have made it shit. And they did it like a fanboy would do it. Like somebody that fucking loved the whole well, franchise. I think that they really just like... It was very conscious. You know, I think they really wanted to stay with George Lucas's original vision. Because that's... Uh, intentionally right, you know? Like, everything he did was all... Me, like, like super, like planned out meticulously. Like everything that he did was the reason why it was so successful. Successful, and I think that they just wanted to like try to re recreate that, you know, a little bit, and try to recapture that same that same feel. And you could only do that by like doing it his way, really, you know. So I think that I think that all they had to do was basically just follow the blueprint. And they understood that and yeah. really ex executed that, basically, you know? And, but now they get like all these other lanes. How cool is that, right? Yeah. They're, they're pushing the fucking. All the different. Yeah. BBH's dope. And it's like, uh. One of the dopest things that I found out was that. 
BB-8 is voiced by Ben Schwartz and Bill Hader, who are actors, comedians, you know, I'm sure people know who they are. And Ben Schwartz has actually worked with J.J. Abrams a bunch. So he said that J.J. called him when they like first started getting the idea, had him come in, and then he would do a voiceover. So BB-8 had a script. And he would do, he would say the lines, and then they would send it off to some production company that would turn it all into the beeps and droid noises. But JJ said that he wanted it to have like a personality. Like he wanted it to do like the ups and downs of a voice. So if you listen, you could figure out like what he's saying. And you could like sense emotion inside of this droid where that was never a thing. You never could feel emotion in R2, barely. Every once in a while you'd be like, he's sad maybe. But that was it, you know? But BB-8 was like its own thing. Very, very lovable droid, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I love BB-8. I love the new one, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. K2? Going forward, you know, what he'll add to the fight against the uh, First Order will be really exciting to see where that goes. Damn. Stormtroopers are formidable now. They have all sorts of new weaponry. They have a new way of fighting, and they're vicious and quite scary. When you see them on the set running out of those transport vehicles, it's frightening. It's crazy because, like, the first thing I thought when uh, when Finn took off his mask was, why isn't he a clone? Like, the Stormtroopers are supposed to be clones of Jango Fett, and that's how it always was. But then uh, you find out, like, throughout the storyline that they started taking kids. Like Finn was taken when he was really young and then just trained as a stormtrooper. So it's dope that they like like switched up the storyline. Hella crazy. Because I'm pretty sure that in every instance of Star Wars before this, a stormtrooper was a clone of Jango Fett. That's how the like... So there is clone army was made and all that shit. Maybe... <laughs> Kylo and his beautiful hair. Your character is, and they have like such a vocabulary for those movies. Everyone likes to tell you you're a villain. I don't think villains think of themselves as villains. I think they probably really think that as more being right, that they feel justified, and I think that makes somebody even more dangerous. There's so many nods to Vader and how you first meet him, and I think JJ was after something more youthful and unpredictable, and someone who isn't polished. The idea that this is a game that lightsaber was sick. Right. That darkness started to allow the fuck? a masked villain, which feels how do you get a movie quality lightsaber like that? What the fuck? Take form. They sell them at Target. Like we're <laughs> oh, they do. It's a true story. They sell these lightsabers at Target that are like 250 bucks. This guy and they're fucking like solid steel hilt. And yes, like fucking crazy, like light fucking sounds and. All that shit, but so it doesn't cut through things. It's not a laser, but I think it's pretty much on par with what that was. Like how his was like a big plastic, like glass lightsaber thing, and then they just add the effect on top of it, so it looks all charged, like supercharged in the movie. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm just getting the chills, like, watching it right now. Look at that thing, dude. Oh, my gosh. There was never a Millennium Falcon, right? It was always tiny to scale. And then, yeah, I don't, there's never been one that big. And then they would, like, pretend and put it in. But that's the first time that there was a life-size Millennium Falcon. Just giggling. I just I went through that whole place all up. And all the props people and the guys on the Holy shit. Like, you control him because I started running. I went to the cockpit. 
You know, that little ball thing, <laughs> the that training ball. I got that out, I'll start rolling that around. Oh, it was so fun. So I walked onto that set. What? Completely overwhelming. That's Luke's little fucking training ball. Sixes and mm -hmm. sevens, to say the least. And then they introduced me to Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to say. This lady's fucking high. My story. No, she's just really. I love it. Department store, and sure enough, who do I run into? Was Harrison Ford. I tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Mr. Ford." I said, "My name's Darren. I'm one of the productions on the stars. I'm actually building the Millennium Falcon right now." And he goes, "The toggle switches." And I go, "Toggle switches." He goes, "When we built it the first time, none of the toggle switches had any springs in them." They bought broken switches because they were much cheaper. So if you stood there long enough, the switch, which was in this position, and you moved to this position, would slowly come down behind you while you were standing there because there was no spring in it. No budget for springs. You got the springs and the switches this time. That's all he's fucking worried about. That's dope. Everyone was waiting for the Look at line, that. You know he was feeling nostalgic. Even if he wants to play like he didn't. Really I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. You know the best memories of his life were the first time he filmed those. And like and Indiana Jones and all that. Yeah. Standing behind me all they just added all the Indiana Jones movies on Hulu. Did you see that? See yeah, yeah. It's dope. Into the Millennium Falcon for the first time. That was a huge moment. And camera. Action. Holy shit, I'm like so excited and geeked out right now. I know. <laughs> okay. Chewing. <laughs> We're home. <laughs> so, is, so is JJ, apparently. Yeah, right? Dear Peter is present on the set offering his invaluable experience and advice and it was great to have him there getting back to the old days the old ways of doing things yeah. it's great i wasn't walking nice. very well because i tore a tendon in this knee about two years ago that meant knee replacement because Peter's knees are not good. For many of the scenes, Jonas, who was a kind of stunt Chewie, is in the role. When I put on the suit, I start rehearsing. I start doing what Peter does, and like this a little. Man, that fool's tall as fuck. Little, uh, wobbles yeah. and uh, gotta be Chewie-like awkward. To be a Chewie double, I guess. Does. Awkward but lovable. Oh, oh, oh. I have had words with him about what Chewie does and what he doesn't do, and being relatively the same height does help. I think I'm a little bit shorter than Peter was at his prime. At this point, I'm seven feet. I believe he's seven two. Well, you tell him Han Solo just stole back up the Millennium Falcon for good. I'm about to shoot the scene where it's just a little private moment of him in the cockpit. This is a kind of sweet little privileged moment to see him alone, taking it in, reunited with uh, the ship that he loves so much. No words, right? Can't even say anything. I'm just like looking at every little thing, every little piece on the ship. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, I think that we both just had big goofy okay. smiles on our face for like the past five minutes. <laughs> spent a lot of years here. <laughs> it was like, just staring at it. We look like that meme of that crazy girl. You know the one I'm talking about? If I went, if I had a Millennium Falcon and like a life man, look at that. I would never, I'd never leave it ever. Like, yeah, that'd be my house. I'd live in. I would just yes, I would be so dabbed out that I would just like, <laughs> I would, I would think I'm fucking Han Solo, like legit. He just hung up his dice. <laughs> and now, here's an exclusive look at our new movie, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. What the fuck is this, mate? It's part of the, it is a part of the ABC <laughs> thing. <laughs> We're going to have to cut this out. It's exclusive. exclusive. It's exclusive for a movie. inside of Jens Erso. This movie's already come out. It's not exclusive. It probably was. Yeah. Everywhere is an amazing shot, an amazing character. The Star Wars 
this universe is quite human. It's got a yeah, very yeah. human base. And for that reason, you can relate to it. We gotta watch this one next. and you're actually in this situation you get something very genuine that you couldn't have planned you'll actually compose shots that if we were on a green screen set you just wouldn't have known were available pressure's so high like we're making a film that's right touching my favorite movie of all time but then if you're too respectful of it that you dare not do anything new or different take a risk then what are you bringing to the table? Damn. You can't have a bad day at work when you say there are stormtroopers there. Huh? That kid, when you were four years old, grew up with Star Wars figures. It's a bit like just being that kid again. You're sort of going like. Ar, ar, ar. <laughs> This was one of the best ones out of all of them. It was so good. It was so sad. And good. Everyone dies. But oh, spoiler. <laughs> whatever. Everybody dies. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and it was an old one. So, like, it was from a few months ago. Or maybe, like, a month ago. And uh, within the first three minutes, somebody goes, in Rogue One, everyone dies. That's just all they said. Somebody brought up Star Wars. Someone's like, like Star Wars. In Rogue One, everyone dies. He just fucking said it. Boom. Done. <laughs> he hadn't even been introduced yet. And if you don't have a version of that. I was, was it before the movie like, came well, out? Or like right as it, it was like right at, it was still in theaters for sure. It was like right after it came out. Uh, Maz is so dope. Maz was a character that you meet at the moment in the film when things Maz, I know that Maz is an alien, but she reminds me in the way that she acts and in the way that she looks like my Aunt Tony. <laughs> my Aunt Tony is like, she's small, not that small, but she's like a small, little tiny old lady, really wise, funny. How and she's like, where's my boyfriend? Like about Chewie and shit. Covered in dots. There's that's funny. 149 dots put on my face every morning. I think that's intense. the most alienating thing in the world. <laughs> I became part of this whole thing from two different angles. As an overseer, if you like. or a That's so cool, huh? To do yeah. Performance capture. And of course, I was also playing. So it's like it's like really the their facial expressions and leader of on the, the characters. That's not particular version. If Skywalker returns, the new Jedi. So they put like a hundred little white dots in their face, and then it tracks their facial expressions and movements, and then applies it to a CGI character. That's insane. Let go of. The, the it, it, it's just the like uh, like when they do motion capture for like video games and they put like little balls like the suits with little balls on them solo. yeah it's, it's like, like that the next level just next level on the face hmm. yeah that looks sick hmm. Hmm. so we're on e-stage which is the resistance base I, I saw buns. The scene that made me feel like, oh my gosh, this is crazy, is when all of the casts are around that table planning. Damn. It uses the power of the sun. You see General Akbar speaking and 
You couldn't buy this as a Star Wars fan. Doesn't get any cooler than that. I can shut down the shields, but I need to be there on the planet. planet. I mean, that scene was incredible, though. Play, play. Dameron there, Harrison was there, Princess Leia, C-3PO, R2-D2. Damn, that's the last time that's ever going to happen. Yeah. BB-8, you're wasting your time. In the first film, in episode four, 3PO, his left leg was silver. The idea was that 3PO had a history. Star Wars. Dude, this is crazy, bro. Memory. Like, it wasn't page one of a movie. Star Wars story. was like but something kind of cool for us. Chapter here. Even before it was in our lifetime. Yeah. But the fact that, like, all this stuff happened in our lifetime and, like, all this was, like, the most pivotal stuff. Like, the, the prequels and on, from the prequels on, have been all the most pivotal Star Wars stories. You know, like, if you think about it, they explain the universe. Yeah, the original trilogy was just, like, an introduction to it. And the rest is all getting It was deeper. just an introduction to the main story. I'm the custodian of Princess Leia. But none so of the origins, none of the anything, her. none of the it's fucking, you know, so none I'm of the nervous. like, the first day I had how any of it got started or why or when. I was scared that I would make mistakes the, and I made mistakes. The real story, story came after. one chance we have of finding my brother. She hadn't acted in a while. You know, I think she was nervous going into this. It was basically the worst day I've ever had on a film set in my life. Then it ended, and I got to go to sleep and come in another day, and it was better. Once we started to do it, she seemed to fall into it very easily. To bring a character to life that you hadn't played in 30-some years, I mean, I understand for all of them how daunting that could be. Carrie's an amazing and unique person. I'm trying to be helpful. <laughs> When did that ever help? And don't say the Death Star. We don't see each other that frequently. We're not working. So it's fun to catch up. And they've written some really interesting scenes for us. You could always see him clearer than I did. I don't know what I saw. Can you imagine those two people together? They were good initially, and then they reverted to type. I went back to the only thing I was ever any good at. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> they should have fucked. So sad. <laughs> Chewing in full makeup is so good. Like, no matter what, he's just like leaning in to check a shot. He's like trying to check it out or whatever, but. Just him leaning in to do that is like <laughs> so real. Gotta go, like gotta go all the way down there. I'm just, he's like you're more awestruck by him than any other character probably. Yeah, see, Chewie in Star Wars is real. You're like, oh my god, what is this? He's seven foot fucking tall. Kylo Ren, and you can't have that handoff without cost. Rip arms off and chin. You know, no matter how much we fought, I've always hated watching you leave. It needed to serve this purpose of giving our new character. What do you say? That's why I always did it. <laughs> a big, or something like that. Scary decision. If you see our son, bring him home. I can't even see this now because that stupid theory. Which one? <laughs> about Leia being on the dark side. Oh. Or how about Chewie on the dark side? Or R2-D2 on the dark side. <laughs> and yet it was an absolutely critical part of the story and mostly perhaps for the villain of the piece. His destiny is resolved. In a There's a theory that Leia is Snoke. What? Yeah. I enjoyed playing the character in the first. There's a bunch of them. The There's so many. The By the time we got to the third, I thought there was possibly no useful purpose for this character except as a human sacrifice. It's not that I wanted Han Solo to die. I wanted Han Solo to be able to lend some significant emotional weight to the story. I was resolved to be useful and to pass on responsibilities to others and get out of the way. We spent a lot of time keeping as few people as possible on the set and 
you know, it's a serious scene. It was emotional. It was emotional for the actors, both Harrison and Adam Driver. I wanted to avoid that scene as much as possible, and then I was also very excited to do it. But to go to that place, uh, what it brought up in, in myself was a lot. He's like, I didn't want to fucking kill Han Solo. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, right? Now you remember this that guy forever. You yeah. signed up for that, but... And we wanted it to be right. You have all these things that are going on in your head, but that really goes away when you're staring across from that other person. The unique and very deeply emotional and troubling way in which uh, Han Solo meets his fate, I thought, gives incredible opportunity and helps realize the full potential of the character that Adam Driver plays. He was so generous that there really wasn't much I had to do other than respond to him. Man, that's so dope. They're killing it up there. <laughs> they were both doing good. I don't even want to think how people are going to react to that. It was a necessary that's so component. Sad. This is not just the Force Awakens in a young woman. This is the dark side of the Force awakening in the villain. A man who uh, was a hero to us before this movie, but he's even more so today. And I cannot thank you enough for the gift of you in this movie. We love you. Here's the Woo! That's so sad, huh? Yep. That's so sad. Everything is so sad, but you know that's so life. That's why this is so epic. Like, it has every single little bit of life. It's got birth. It's got death. It's got everything in between. It's got good. It's got evil. It's got every aspect, every color, every race, every everything. It's got you know. It's it's Earth in the movie. You know what I mean? It's like it's pretty. It's pretty intense, and, and everything they do just really, they execute it so well. It's an yep. ancient site of a monastery, and it's like nothing you've ever seen, ever. Damn! <laughs> Once you get up there, boy, it's so beautiful and so magical. My name is Inigo Montoya. Huh. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And so late on, there's such a big build That's the, That's where they're at. That's that place. Is it? Yeah. There's a real ambiguity as to what his reaction is. I think he has great reservations. He's really conflicted who knows we'll have to wait and see <laughs> while this was never his story this movie it was all about him it was all about how critical luke is to the continuation of this amazing story so what i'm most excited about is the story of luke skywalker and where it goes I think for many people... That was only one of two movies in the Star Wars universe that ended with a sweeping shot like that. It means much more than that. For me, the like aerial like sweeping kind of fucking... That might accept me. There might be a like circular shot. Universe. They always end people with like a so close-up stationary on somebody. Experience. That's what it is. It's not even a movie. Just families do Star Wars together. It's a verb. <laughs> this is like an opportunity. <laughs> That's so to dope. We're just Star Warsing for a lifetime. That's of all. Support 
of love. If it weren't for the fans, we wouldn't be sitting here. And I've never forgotten that. The other day, I was looking at that original poster, and I was remembering there was something about Star Wars that made me feel like anything was possible, that, like, when you see that star field, it felt like every point of light was a story. The value that people Holy shit, that's like what I was saying. Is deep. That's like when I, what I said, when I was super high that one time when we were talking about Star Wars, and how you could like look out into the night sky and like every star is like a different story. And so it's passed on, like family. That's crazy. I'm glad that JJ sees it like that, because that means he's just gonna go forever for the rest of his life. <laughs> what if he like did all these great things, and then started making Star Wars, and then just made like 25 Star Wars movies, and that was the rest of his career? I'd be okay with that. So would I. We'll see each other again. I'd be okay with that. Fucking all the fans would be okay with that. All the actors involved would be okay with that. I don't think he's gonna do it though. Just because uh I think that he would wanna like take himself out of it and do other stuff. To well, like, to like stay he creative. That's not up to him. He's you know, they already have other directors doing origin stories, so you know, it could be a constant revolving door with those in other ways. Yeah. As well. And he could just continue on with like the original storyline while all the side stories happen. Yeah. All I know is that it's going to be dope. All I know is it already is dope. Man, that was sick. Yeah, it was so fucking good. So, so good. It makes you definitely want to go watch this shit again. Um, and fucking, I just can't wait to see. I can't wait for Rogue One to come out on DVD so I can go jack that shit. Yeah, I should have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I should have. Uh, I'm gonna purchase it. <laughs> I like how uh, I like how Carrie Fisher was saying that how Star Wars is like a verb, and like we're all yeah. Star Warsing. We're all we just come together in Star Wars. Like, yeah. it's like LARPing almost. Yeah, no, that is like. Yeah. it's it's like a religion almost. It reminds. <laughs> It reminds me of, uh, I don't remember who was talking about it. Someone, like a comedian, was talking about uh, Ray Rice, that football player that fucking punched his girlfriend in the elevator or whatever. And uh, they were talking about how, like, his whole life is football and how he's, like, super aggressive. And he's, like, they're, like, wake up, football. Go to school, football. No, you don't, you're not doing your homework. You're doing football. Okay, we're going to go do this. Go do football, football, football. And then one day when he was supposed to elevate her, he accidentally footballed. And it was just like, he just got the wrong verb. And he was like, man, I was supposed to elevate her and I footballed. Shit. Nice. Accidentally punched her. <laughs> so you can't blame him. So we're out here Star Wars. And that was a, that was a heavy Star Wars week. Yeah, I guess. What else did we do? Uh, we did the Star Wars theories. And oh, then we yeah, did this. Theories. And then there was something like a sandwich in between about solve the mysteries. <laughs> Oh yeah, we solved some mysteries. And we're going to keep it going with our new theme song. We'll see you on Tuesday for more Star Wars stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. All right, peace. Natural Habitat Recordings.